Hello and welcome to Season 4. It's a podcast that seeks to encourage and inspire you on your journey. Well, it's great for you to uh, join me today. And um, this is obviously just a quick devotion that we do every week. Uh, And in this week's uh, interview, it's with Nigel Patterson. And uh, he is an individual who covers an area which I think is, well, it it gives us a sense of awe and wonder within uh, and goes down in legend amongst a lot of the churchmanship and Christian history. And it's the word revival and revivals that have happened. Nigel's particular focus is around uh, the revivals that have happened here in the UK. And, um, well, look, here's a very quick extract on what his thoughts are on it. And then we'll go straight into the devotion. Okay. Well, I've spent a bit of time at the beginning of the book trying to define what I mean by revival. And I Mm. think for the purposes of a discussion like this, I like to use Duncan Campbell's definition, and that is a people saturated with God. Wow. That's that's what it's like when you've got a revival. Yeah. And that yeah. could be a small group, could even be an individual. Actually, I think some people are like a walking revival. And you've already mentioned Billy Graham. Yeah. And so it, it is a people so saturated with God that he takes over in a sovereign way, in a way uh-huh. that you couldn't put down to human plans or organization. Yeah. And, and when he takes over, what happens then? Well, he... He changes things. He changes Christians uh-huh. because revival is essentially a revival of people who are already alive. You can't revive something that's dead, yeah. but you can bring to life something that's sleeping dormant in some way. And so it means bringing to life that person, group, church, place. Mm-hmm. And that if it, it means anything, I believe, if it really is God, is going to break far beyond the walls of a church that if it's a true revival, then if God is really in it and it's not down to the effectiveness of one particular leader or some reason like that, which is a very good reason for a church growing, then if God is in it, if there is going to be an impact on the people round about, that other people are going to come to a knowledge of the Lord, other people are going to find their lives change radically by the revival that's happening. Wow. So what was, what's been the things that have surprised you when you started doing your research uh, since the Reformation? And, and perhaps give us some examples of different revivals that have happened yeah. in, in the UK. Well, I think, I don't know that I was so much surprised as deeply moved by many things. Mm-hmm. I was often reduced to tears, actually, just realising what God has done in our country in the past. And I feel moved even thinking about it now. Things that I didn't know that God had done or that I didn't realise the way in which things had happened. I knew that there'd been a revival in a particular place, but I didn't know how God had done it. Yeah, And so yeah. that was very exciting. So that was uh, one thing that really struck me. But I, I think just coming back to these questions that you're, you're asking me here, I think one major thing is that there's, there is the sovereignty of God coming through. But as you look at the story, as you try and account for it, you can't just account for it in terms of talented individuals, however much there were some in the named individuals involved. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, let's get into this devotion right now. Matthew chapter 7, verses 17 to 20 in the Passion Translation, part 2. And it reads, So if the tree is good, it will produce good fruit. 
But if the tree is bad, it will only bear only rotten fruit, and it deserves to be cut down and burned. Look at the obvious fruit of their lives and ministries. Then you'll know whether they are true or false. So in the previous encouragement, we focused on ourselves, looking to evaluate our good habits and outputs. Today, let's look at others. I'm not sure about you, but I've known people to have a toxic influence in my life. They can be from anywhere. Leaders, bosses, friends, family, neighbors, and strangers. For some odd reason, toxic people empty their toxins onto those around them. It sometimes actually makes them feel a bit better, but it doesn't make them better. It's easy to label these people as wrongins, but as I utter that word, I'm reminded that I'm just as culpable of being toxic. Some good advice. Set down healthy boundaries. Make them known. Stand your ground. Sometimes an imposed distance is needed. If you can, give a reason why you're imposing boundaries. There's an our fixed mindsets need to adjust to become growth mindsets, which comes through learning and understanding. Often, toxic people are just blinded by their behaviors, even normalizing them. But look at their outcomes. Are people drawing closer or further away from them or God? In truth, toxic people and their victims all need prayer and healing. It's in this place that we follow the King and ask his leading by his spirit. He desires all his children to have wholeness and liberty. So get praying for those around you who cause you strain. Watch how the King will do miracles. Amen.